Hey there, educational rock stars. Are you feeling overwhelmed with lesson planning for your English language learners? Well, I've got some exciting news for you. Introducing our upcoming free webinar, Simplify Your Approach, Three Time-Saving Routines for ELL Success. Join me for a power-packed 45 minutes that's set to revolutionize your teaching strategy. In this webinar, we'll dive into three practical, easy-to-implement routines that will not only enhance your ELL teaching methods, but also save you hours of planning time. Yes, hours. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, these insights are tailored to help everyone make the most of their teaching time. Plus, you'll leave this webinar ready to implement these routines the next day. So mark your calendars for our two upcoming dates. I don't want you to miss this opportunity to transform your ELL lesson planning. To reserve your spot, simply sign up at www.equippingells.com slash routines. Trust me, your future self will thank you for it. I'll see you at the webinar. Teaching ELL students is a privilege and a joy. Is it easy? No way. But with the right support, you can feel empowered to tackle each day with ease and confidence. I'm your host, Beth Boucher, founder of Inspiring Young Learners. With over 10 years of teaching both nationally and internationally, I know what it takes to ensure that your ELL students have what they need to thrive today, tomorrow, and for life. I'm on a mission to empower you to equip your English language learners. Welcome to Equipping ELLs. Let's get to today's episode. You are listening to episode number 52 of the Equipping ELLs podcast. Well, hey there, everybody. This episode is airing towards the end of 2022, and I hope that you have had a great year. I hope that you've celebrated both small and big wins, and I really hope that this podcast has helped you really learn new ways, exciting ways, and renewed that passion for helping your English language learners. You are doing an amazing job. So don't forget that. So we are almost one year into equipping ELL's podcast since the launch, and I cannot wait to share with you what is coming in 2023, along with a big celebration and giveaway to celebrate our one-year anniversary. So stay tuned for that in just a couple weeks. But today I wanted to talk about a topic that I see asked a lot in my equipping ELL's private Facebook group. And the question is, what resource should I use for an observation lesson? And this question is being asked a lot more. A lot of the teachers in our community are saying, I never was really observed before, and now I'm starting to get observed. I'm really nervous. I don't know what to do. And I wanted to take this episode to share some tips, five tips specifically, to help you prepare for an observation, because there's some things that you can do that's going to make that lesson go so smoothly. It's going to be amazing. And your principal's going to walk away and say, wow, that was awesome. These students are so blessed to have you. And there's some things you could do that can make that lesson really not go well. I want you to be prepared because I want you to show off what an incredible teacher that you are. Let's dive right in. My first tip for you today 
is to not do something brand new. Okay. I made this mistake many times. I would, you know, have the principal, he'd schedule an observation and it would make me want to just think that I need to do this huge extravagant lesson and make sure that it is the best I've ever done. And honestly, they didn't go that well because why choose to do something that your students are not familiar with? You're going to be spending so much time trying to get them to understand the lesson that you're doing. You're trying to get to follow what's expected of them, that you're not going to really showcase your skills or their skills. So as you think about this upcoming observation, I want you to really think about what are some routines and habits that you set up in your classroom? We talk a lot about that here on the podcast that you can showcase because your students are so good at doing that. So if you do a front-loading activity every Monday and your students know exactly what to do, then do that activity. Show your principal how your students have understood this routine and are running independently because of what you've set up in your classroom. Don't try to do something brand new that they've never done before, they've never experienced This even goes for strategies. You know, think of a strategy. It's great to show the principle a variety of things during your lesson. So try it or use a strategy, but don't use a brand new strategy that you've never done that takes a lot of work of explaining the expectations and what students are doing, all of those things. Use a strategy that the students could do in their sleep because they're so familiar with what to do when you use that strategy. Take a minute, think right now of what are some routines that I do that I can show off. If you are using my monthly speaking and writing cards where as soon as your students come in and they sit down and they get started, that's a great routine to show how you use that 10 minutes, that first 10 minutes of the day to really get so much out of your students. I bet your principal would be very impressed by that. So don't think that you have to make this huge big lesson and make do a circus routine here. Your principal wants to see how you engage with your students, how they respond to you, what you've set up in the classroom to help them work independently. Those are things they're looking for. Don't try to do something brand new, but really contemplate and think about things that you've already set up with your students and maybe add a little bit to that. And we'll get to that in a minute. Hey, teachers, I'm interrupting this episode to ask you a quick question. How different would your life be if you could confidently plan effective and engaging lessons for your yellow students in a fraction of the time? I created my membership equipping ELLs to do just that. When you join, you gain instant access to the exact resources you need, proven and prepped for you, plus a supportive private community of like-minded educators. Join us today at www.equippingells.com. Now back to the episode. My second tip for you is don't try to fit in too much. This again was always my problem. And it was always kind of discouraging because, you know, I'd have a half hour or an hour observation. And I felt like by a few, you know, 20, 25 minutes in, my principal would smile and and nicely head out the door and he had enough. (laughs) 
not enough of the lesson, but enough of watching me teach them and had other things to attend to. And so if you really want your te- your principal to see, your administrator see, all you can do, really make the most of the time you have here with your students and don't try to do too much because you don't want to spend so much time on one part and you realize, wow, we're not even going to get to the bulk of this lesson and they're not going to really see what I had planned. So you really want to think about that, how much time you have and simplify it. Don't try to overdo it. That's when then our students get confused. That's when we feel stressed because we're watching the clock and we realize, oh, we're not going to get to this big part that I had planned and he's probably going to leave before I even get there. And then he's not going to really see what my lesson is all about. Don't do that to yourself. Don't try to fit in too much. My third tip for you is to showcase multiple domains in one lesson. If you are being observed on how you support your English language learners, your administrators are going to be very happy to see you covering all the domains easily and in one lesson. They're going to want to see how you're doing your teaching of language in the context of content. So try to find a way, try to find a lesson where you can use that content, you can show the support that you're giving your ELL students and that you're providing the language support they need to unlock those skills. It doesn't have to be complicated. I've talked about this before, and you can go back and listen to some previous podcast episodes, but doing something as simple as a reading passage and then finding different ways to pull out the language skills is a great way to do that. Or using a read aloud, or starting with vocabulary pictures, and then adding on little by little as you go throughout the lesson, talking about the different language domains and exposing them to the different language domains. If you only have half an hour, do what you can. Make the lesson really quality, go in depth. But if you can find a way to weave in all those language domains, do it. That's why I love using the speaking and writing cards for observations, because you can, in that half an hour, show how your students are working on vocabulary development, grammar skills, listening, speaking, reading, writing, all of that just using one picture prompt, okay? So don't think you have to have all of these extra resources. It can be very simple and very powerful to show how you can target all those different domains. If you teach a group of mixed level group, then in your lesson showcase how you differentiate for the different students in your group. That is something that your administrators are going to want to see that you're very aware of the needs of your students and you're able to take one thing and then give them a different scaffold. So, you know, let's say, even let's go with that simple picture problem. Let's say that you are doing a, in the homeroom classroom, they're learning about simple machines. And so you are going to put up a picture of somebody and something that has to do with simple machines. And maybe you already have planned out a sticky note that has for your level ones, the activity they're supposed to do. They're supposed to copy the words, or maybe you already have that printed and ready for them to trace and draw a picture. For your level two, maybe you give them a sentence starter and they have to fill it in. For your level three, maybe you give them just a few words and see if they can create their own sentence. Going on so forth like that, okay? Having all of those levels, already having a scaffold in place set up, 
but using that one picture to teach your whole group. That would be a great lesson. If you're looking for something like that, doing my closed reading and writing differentiated writing passages is a great activity for an observation. And we'll put a link for that in the show notes. Or if you're in the Equipping ELLs membership, you can find that in there for no additional cost. So what? why is that a great observation lesson? Because you can target all of the skills that our language learners need, vocabulary development, building background, reading fluency, reading comprehension, all of those things. And then it comes with differentiated writing passages. So you bring in the writing piece. And right there, without doing any extra work, you have skills, writing pages for your level one and twos, for your level three and fours, and level five and six. So you do the reading all together, and then you can show how you easily differentiate for those different levels. And these lessons go great with my next tip. And my next tip is to bring in realia or other sensory tools to engage your students. That's why I love doing these closed reading and writing passages for observations, because you can really make that lesson come to life. So let's talk. Let me walk you through what this would look like. If I'm teaching and having an observation with my first graders, and it's a small group that I'm working with, and there some are level twos, most are level threes, and a few are level fours. So I'm going to do a closed reading passage and writing differentiated writing passages. And again, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can find the, the link to this product in the show notes. But what I would do is I would pull in different realia and different ways that I can activate their senses, that I can engage them. So let's say that this was just a couple weeks ago and I was going to do this, the smell of fall. And someone in our Equipping LLs group, they actually posted a picture of how they use these closed reading passages in this way. I thought it was a brilliant idea. And so you can do, you can have set up at the table when they come to sit at the table, when your administrator comes in to observe you, already sitting there is going to be some different smells that they don't know what they are, but they're going to smell them. They're going to observe them. They're going to talk about them. They're going to see what they connect with. That's a great way to engage them right away. Then you can get into the reading. You can talk now that they have some of those words already because they felt it, they smelled it, they talked about it with a peer. They're ready to now get into that reading passage. So you could do a lot of different things like that. One of my favorite ways to engage the students was I would just put a box in the front of the room with something inside. And I would give, it would it'd be something that would have to do with the topic that we were talking about or the reading passage we're going to read about. And I would give them four clues to see if they could guess it. And I would start really broad and I would narrow down, narrow down, narrow down, narrow down. And then we'd see if they could guess it. I remember one time we were doing a lesson on Antarctic, the Antarctic and Antarctica and the animals that live there, the habitats. And so I had a penguin inside the box, a penguin stuffed animal. So I started very broadly in the clue and I said, you know, what, this is an animal that lives in a cold place. Well, they all start thinking, they start writing, they start guessing, they're getting excited. What could be in this box? And then I narrow it down a little bit, you know, and I say, this animal can swim. And then they think about the animals that live in the cold place. And then they think about an animal that can swim. They're thinking, they're using so much of their brain power through this very simple activity that engages them. 
So whatever lesson you're doing, find something that's going to really engage your students, that's going to get them intrigued and guessing and get them really focused in on the vocabulary and topic that you're going to be talking about during your observation lesson. That is going to really help your students showcase how much they're learning from you and how engaged they are with the resources you're providing them. And then my last tip for you as you prepare for your observations is to be really clear about your purpose of the lesson. One, we know all administrators love to see the standards and love to see the objectives displayed and and have clarity over what's the purpose of the lesson. So that's always going to be a win to do that when you have an observation. But the second thing is it's going to really help you keep on track with what your purpose is. And that is something that they want to see as well, that you're not getting sidetracked, that you're not derailing, but you're being very clear and very focused on what you said this lesson is about. And you're going to then be able to show how your students also, when they are very clear of what the lesson is about, they can live up to that expectation. They can produce what you are expecting. So for these observation lessons, I would take a little bit of extra time to really define your content objectives. So pull those out. What content objectives are you covering? And really take some time to look at the language objectives. Write those out. Have those very clear. Add visuals to that language objective. Have your students repeat the language objectives. So they are very clear. You could even at the end of your lesson have the students go back to that language objective and have them vote with a thumbs up or thumbs down if they felt that they were able to do that or give them a little a rubric with happy face or, you know, just maybe a, a line with, you know, not a sad face, but like the middle face <laughs> telling how they did from your lesson. Those types of things are going to go really well in an observation. Because your administrator wants to see that you're passing off, you know, that responsibility to your students, that you're bringing them along in the journey, that they're very clear of why they're in your classroom, of what they're doing when they're they're in your classroom, of the expectation you're set for them. I was just recently talking with a friend that I have here in Panama who she is a teacher. We taught together at one of the international schools. And she was in a private school here as a substitute And she just shared with me, she goes, these kids have no idea why they're learning what they're learning. They're so lost. These are the majority, I mean, at least 90% are second language students. They're mostly Spanish speakers, but the school is an English speaking school. And these are fifth graders. And she said, they have no idea why they're doing anything that they're doing. They're reading a book on Ben Carson, but they're learning about ecosystems and they're, and, and she just shared the sadness that these students are going to school every day and really having no idea why they're being introduced to these things and why they're learning. They didn't have the background knowledge to understand. They didn't have the vocabulary. And so we don't want our students to feel that same way. We don't want them to just kind of float through the day and be like, okay, sure, let's learn this. Let's learn this and really not be building that schema that they need in order to grow, in order for their language skills to develop at a quicker pace. So be clear at the beginning of your lesson and then follow up at the end of how they understood what you had taught them, how they, and and think of a different way. Maybe do exit slips, something like that where you can do a check-in 
on how the lesson went. Not just with your administrator, but with your students as well. So just a reminder, when you're preparing for that observation, don't do something brand new. (laughs) Don't try to fit in too much. Try to showcase multiple domains in one lesson. Bring in realia or other sensory tools that can engage your students. And last, be clear about your purpose. If you do those things, your observation is going to rock. You are going to do an amazing job. So don't get nervous about this. Remind yourself, you are an amazing teacher. Show up and show off your amazing skills and the fact and your heart for your students. That is going to shine through. And that is something that we hope our administrators want to see is the environment you have spent time creating so that your students respond to you in a positive way. They want to learn from you. They get excited about learning. So be confident in yourself and go and rock those observations. If you want to use any of those resources that I shared about in today's episode, we will link them in the show notes. You can grab them there, or you can always find them in Equipping ELLs, our monthly membership community. You can find out more at equippingells.com and come join us to get all of these resources. Thank you for joining me in today's episode. All links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes. If you're looking for even more support and done-for-you resources created specifically for the needs of ELLs, head to inspiringyounglearners.com. I'll catch you here next week. Until then, take that next step to keep equipping your ELLs.